the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I looked at the Gospel reading and see the famous words of Jesus, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. I thought that it might be an opportunity to lay out before you the life under the Lord who rules with an eternal kingdom, even as you also live in this age with earthly powers and authorities in this temporal age. However, the more I looked at the text, I said as good as that might be to speak about, I think it's much more important to see what Jesus is doing in the broader context of this text. He's bringing you life and salvation. So what's going on here when Jesus says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God? The obvious, Jesus is in Jerusalem. He rides into Jerusalem to cheers the crowds, hailing him as the promised son of David. But not all cheer him. This is an important point. The Pharisees hate Jesus and have opposed him constantly throughout the gospel because they're scattered all over the Holy Land. Also wanting him dead are the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. And Jesus further causes them to hate him by driving out the, those who buy and sell in the temple. In chapter 21, the chief priests and the elders challenge the authority of Jesus, asking him, by what authority does he do these things? But Jesus is defiant of them, and rather than telling them the basis of his authority, he confounds them. Then Jesus will attack the Jewish leaders with three parables, and we've heard them over the last few Sundays, that are quite scathing. The conflict escalates. The Jewish leaders counterattack. Now, you have to understand that there is no such thing as a single form of Judaism at this time. There's factions. In fact, the factions actually hate each other, but they all have one thing in common at this point in time. Kill Jesus and kill his popularity of the people. So they take turns trying to trap him so that he would condemn himself with his own, his own words. Hence, our gospel is today. You notice that they're plotting to entangle Jesus. Who is it? The Pharisees. The Pharisees are very strict Jews who want a pure form of Judaism, and they hate the intrusion of Rome into the Holy Land. We know that they want Jesus dead. From Matthew chapter 12 onward, they're wanting Jesus dead. So now they're going to trap him. But they join with the Herodians. Rather odd couple, isn't it? They're bitter Jewish foes. See, the Herodians are those who are cooperating with the Romans because the Herodians are like there's running the puppet state within the Holy Land. So here are the Herodians and the Pharisees together asking the question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus knows what the game is. He knows their malice and it's a trap. Any way that he answers, he'll be condemned. So what does Jesus do? Well, he attacks them. He calls them hypocrites. Then he answers their question with what is really a non-answer. In saying, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's, Jesus isn't really giving guidance at all. See, the Pharisees and the Herodians would hear that answer in entirely different ways because that's how they're acting as Jews in the Holy Land. Jesus is not giving an answer at all. His answer is a non-answer. In fact, he is just standing up to them. He's not acknowledging their authority. He's not saying that they're right. He is being in his house, the temple of God, 
and he's not going to lower himself to the evil Pharisees and Herodians and get in the dirt with them. Right after this, he does the same thing to the Sadducees. Then the Pharisees come back to him, and each time Jesus refuses to answer their, to acknowledge their authority or to answer their question directly. He's Jesus, he's in his house, the temple, and they're the enemies of God, and they're deceiving the people. So Jesus goes further on attack, silencing his critics. Render to Caesar the things that are seasoned to God, the things that are God. It's not really an answer at this point in time in Scripture as to the rule of God and Caesar. Now, there are other sections that will deal with that, to be sure. Especially in the book of Romans, you find long discourse by Paul how we're to live as Christians in this world. But, of course, the world as political structures have changed over time. What has not changed is you being born into sin. What has not changed is because of sin, you're subject to death and hell. And in this world where so often you're forced to maybe look to day to day, and of course it's acerbated by cable news and other news outlets always wanting your attention so they can sell you more things, oftentimes your attention is focused not on your sin, not on your looming death, and not on the possibility of hell, but rather just something day today. So let's look at this text and really look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, who is the persevering one, the patient one, the loving one, There's the one who acts in restraint, and the Holy One of God who will go to the cross for you and me. You know from Matthew chapter 1 that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Now just think about this. The one who has more power in, I, I didn't even know, you know, even the cuticle of his nail. Much more power than the Niagara Falls, much more power than any atomic bomb. Jesus has all the power of the universe, and here he deigns to walk into this temple, and rather than just killing these enemies, he speaks to them. Speaks as the Holy One, yes, but also in restraint because he knows that his mission is to go to the cross for them and for you. Jesus is persevering. He has suffered much in his ministry, suffered the ridicule of so many, and he will suffer much more being bound, beaten, and then cruelly crucified on the cross. Jesus loves his enemies. You might look at the Pharisees and the Herodians and say they are true enemies of God. But apart from the grace of God working through his means of grace to create faith in you, you would remain still an enemy of God to this day. Jesus confronts those who are his enemies. He confronts, but patiently confronts, because he will go to the cross. He knows, as he is speaking to them, that they will indeed seem to have their victory. They will put him to death, but he will triumph. And indeed, one of the number of the Pharisees, he's not there in person, one of the number of the Pharisees, who is the Pharisee of Pharisees, will be converted, and he will be the Apostle Paul, who speaks so eloquently and so well of the cross of Jesus Christ, Christ the power of God and Christ the wisdom of God, and it's all in the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus in the temple, amidst all his enemies, 
is being Jesus for you. Even as Jesus confronts the Pharisees, even as Jesus confronts the Herodians, even as Jesus confronts the Sadducees, even as he, as he tells woes upon them, he knows you. He knows all of you by name. And Jesus in Jerusalem is being Jesus, the Savior of the world. Jesus is being a loving, patient, kind, gracious Lord. Jesus knows that being the Son of God and using his power, and he could have used his power. After all, you just heard, if you look a few verses ahead of this, he curses the fig tree. And he also predicts the fall of this temple. So Jesus indeed has power to destroy. But Jesus, in this lesson, is being Jesus on the way to the cross. And so it is beneficial for you to look at every single verse that last week, that Holy Week, those Holy Week lessons, and knowing Jesus is doing this for you and for your salvation. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Redeemer. Jesus is Savior of all. He's yours. He calls you by name. Now, this same Jesus will give you his body and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins so that you might have life in his name. You do live in a crazy world. You live in a sinful world. Over the course of my life, I've seen so many political twists and turns in this country. I could have never predicted the political things happening in this country, much less the various political events around the country of the world. In history, there's many, many types of rulers, some friendly to the faith and others opposed to Christ and his gospel. Throughout all this, Jesus is Lord and Jesus wins. He's conquered sin, death, and hell for you. He stands up to the proud Pharisees and Herodians. He stood up to all those who opposed him. He stands up and he goes. He goes to the cross. Jesus never stops being Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God for us, Savior and Lord. Amen.